Hello. Today we continue our study of the Dhammapada on with verse number six, which goes Parechana Vijananti Mayameta Yamamase Yejatatha Vijananti Tatto Sammanti Medaga which means there are some who don't see clearly that we will all have to die. But those who do see this clearly, vijananti, um, for those who do see clearly, because of that, tato samanti medhaga, because of that they uh, settle their quarrels or settle their disputes. So people who don't see clearly or don't fully understand vijananti, uh, many people don't see this. For those who see it, that see clearly that we all have to die, uh, that nothing is permanent, uh, they're able to settle their quarrels when they realize this truth. This was told in regards to one of my uh, personal favorites, which uh, is kind of odd, but it's an interesting monk story. It's about uh, a quarrel that arose between uh, two monks who lived in Gosidarama, a monastery in the Buddha's time. Uh, Gosidarama, there were two monks. One was very famous for teaching the Dhamma, which is the, the meditation practice and the, the things that the Buddha taught us to do, we should do. And another one was very famous for the Vinaya, the Buddha's teaching on the, the monks' rules and the things that one shouldn't do. And uh, so they were both very famous. They each had a group of, a very, a very large group of students. And one day, one of them was, the, the one who taught the Dhamma was coming out of the washroom, and the one who taught the Vinaya was going into the washroom. And the, and the one to the Vinaya looked and saw that the one who teaches the Dhamma was, had left, a, left some water in the uh, in the, res the 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 bucket you know, in the washroom, which uh, you're not supposed to do because uh, mosquitoes will lay their eggs. And so he said this. He said, "Hey, that's a that's an offense, you know, to do that." And he said, "Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I I didn't realize. Uh, then please let me confess it to you, as when when you when there's an offense against the the, the rules, then you have to confess and and say you know, promise that you try your best not to do it again." and just make it clear that you are aware of the fact that you did it. And the one who taught the win teaches the Vinya said, but if you, didn't, if, if you didn't realize it was a, or if you didn't do it intentionally, then it's not an offense. And, and, the, and the other monk said, okay then, and, and he left without confessing it. And the one who taught the Vinya, taught the Vinya went around telling all his students that this, this other monk had an, had an offense that he hadn't confessed. And so they went and told the students of the other teacher that, that this this uh, fa this story, and those monks told the teacher. And the teacher said, "Well, first he tells me it's not an offense. Now he says it is an offense. That that monk's a liar." And so these his students heard this, and they went and told the other students, "Hey, your teacher's a liar." And uh, then uh, they told their teacher, and their teacher got more angry and said nasty things until finally they were split up into two different groups 
uh, as a result of that they, the novices and the, the bhikkhunis, the female monks uh, were split into two different groups as well the lay people who supported the monks split up into two groups uh, the angels who guarded the monastery split up into two groups the angels that were their friends who lived in the, in the sky and in, heaven, in the various heavens they all split up into two groups and the story goes that it, this, this part of the universe split up all the way up into the Brahma or the God realms and the gods themselves were, were split, believe it or not over um, some water being left in a bucket now the story goes on and on about how the Buddha tried to convince them uh, to, to uh, change their ways and, and they wouldn't listen and actually they said to him oh you please don't, don't bother yourself we will take care of this on our own and they wouldn't let the Buddha even get involved and so the Buddha left and went and stayed and there's a story, this whole side story about how the Buddha stayed in the forest with an elephant and the elephant gave him food and took care of him and then after that he came back and then at the end he was, he, he, he got all these monks well, what happened, sorry, the, the best part of the, the when the Buddha left all of the lay people said, well where's the Buddha go? and they said, oh well, we, we told him not to get involved with our quarrel and so he he left and all the lay people got very angry and upset and, and said how could you you know now we, the, we don't have the, the opportunity to see the Buddha because of you and so they stopped giving food to the monks because of that the monks were had a very hard time getting alms food and just surviving and uh, they, they they went and they apologized and the people said well you have to get an apology from the uh, get forgiveness from the Buddha and because it was the rain season they couldn't do that so they had to wait three months and they were very very hard up for three months and after this the Buddha came back and, um, and then he put, all, he put the monks who were quarreling in a special place and didn't let any of the other monks get involved with them when people came and asked where are those quarreling monks the Buddha would always point to them and say there they are, there they are and they were so ashamed that eventually they came and, and asked forgiveness from the Buddha and felt really ashamed for what they had done and that's when the Buddha told this verse now the verse has I think two important lessons that we can draw from it and the first one is in regards to death which I sort of went into last time but I'd like to talk a little bit more the second one is about the importance of um, wisdom and understanding and the, how understanding is really the key in overcoming uh, quarrels and overcoming all suffering and all, all uh, unwholesomeness, all evil so first in regards to death uh, it's interesting how the uh, theory or the, the ideology the, the teaching on rebirth and, and how the mind continues actually makes death a more an important event and uh, this verse kind of makes that clear in a way that we might not think of the, the Buddha is telling us how important death is and well you think well if the mind continues then how is it really so important and the way it works is, is this the body and the mind have two uh, they, they work together but they have two, different, two characteristics, different characteristics the mind is very quick the mind in one moment can be here the next moment can be there it can arise and, and move very quickly from one object to the next the, the body on the other hand is very fixed and so the, our state of being in this life on a physical level is, is quite fixed but on a mental level it's quite fluid so 
your mind can change and if your mind becomes more and more corrupt uh, it can do that very quickly and it can change from good to evil or from evil to good uh, relatively quickly uh, and it, there can be quite a disparity therefore between the physical realm and the mental realm you can be surrounded by good things and get lots of good and wonderful um, pleasures and luxuries and have a very corrupt and evil mind that one would think this person doesn't deserve all of that luxury but the truth is this is because of this, the, the, the difference the, the body is a, a coarse construct and the amount of energy that is in, in, uh, involved in, in simply the creation of a, a human being or a, of a physical construct is immense and so it has a great power, this power of inertia where it, 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 you can't just stop that inertia. Now some people if they do really bad things or really good things they might wind up uh, cutting it off by dying. You hear about go really good people who are killed because of their uh, unwillingness to uh, to do evil and so on or die because they're not willing to to do evil in order to live on and so on and you of course hear about evil evil people who do bad things and as a result are killed um, uh, or die in unpleasant circumstances because of their the way their minds are but for most people or for many people the <clears throat> the inertia and the power of the of the physical s prevents the the repercussions until the moment of death now at the moment of death the body is totally reconstructed there is a period that goes where the, the mind leaves the body leaves the body behind and begins this immense um, a, a activity or work required to rebuild another body or to create another another human being starting at the moment of conception um, now that that of course is much more mental and that the, the nature of that is going to depend almost entirely on the, the, the nature of the mind or the, the, the set of the mind what, what sort of work is the mind going to undertake for most people we're caught up in this programming of creating a human being and a human life and so as a result we'll be reborn as a human being but you can be reborn in many different ways based on your mind and therefore the importance of you know as we've seen in, in, in the past stories the importance of settling our disputes in this life and settling, our, settling them in our mind anyway uh, sometimes we can't stop other people from being angry at us but most uh, of greatest importance is, is that we are able to settle them in our own minds and this is the word samanti samanti samati which means uh, to, to stabilize or to tranquilize them in our minds to make it so that they no longer um, they, they're no longer a source of clinging, we, we no longer cling, we no longer um, you know, regurgitate and, and go after and, and recreate this in our minds so the, the, it, which was obviously the case, the, the problem in, in the case with these two sets of monks which is a real danger and so the Buddha pointed out to them that uh, you know, this, is, this is really useless, this is really futile and it's be the reason people do this is because they don't see they don't see clearly so this is the, the importance of death because it frees the mind to make choices again uh, on, in a, on a level that it's not free to in this life because of the inertia of its previous work, work in creating this being uh, so, and the, the second part 
is that uh, importance of, of understanding and how understanding things like death is important. Uh, on a meditative level, understanding the, the, the truth of birth and death as occurring on a momentary level is, uh, is far more important and, 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 and crucial, in fact, in freeing ourselves up, up from strife and quarrel and disputes and suffering. Uh, and I've said it before, but uh, it's worth reiterating that uh, this is really all you need to do to overcome your suffering, to overcome quarrels and so on. It's, you don't have to go and apologize to the people. I mean, that's always a good way to overcome it. But and you, in, in, on a general level, in regards to our clingings, in regards to our cravings, in regards to our attachments, all that needs to be done is to see it clearly. When you're addicted to something, you don't have to force yourself to stop or try to convince yourself that it's wrong or remind yourself again and again how bad you are for doing it. All you have to do is see the addiction clearly for what it is. See it objectively. Let it be. Let it come up. And when you see it for what it is, you'll let go of it. You'll, you'll have no desire to cling to it because you'll see that everything ceases. So this Buddhist teaching on death was only the introduction. It's this reminder to bring the monks back to this idea that everything arises and ceases. Because once they can see that we die, they can see how futile it is. Why are we fighting? What are we hoping to gain? We can get come out on top, as I said in the last video. Uh, but, you know, what does it mean to be on top? Because eventually we all die and, and, and we're put on bottom. Uh, so, and once they start to do that, then you can start to see that really, why would we cling to anything? And you start to be able to look at your clinging and see that when you cling to something, you hold on to it, it, it maybe bring you, brings you pleasure temporarily, but then it disappears. And what is the benefit? What is the, the gain that comes from that? Uh, when, when you see on a phenomenological level, experiential or moment-to-moment -moment level, how everything arises and ceases, how you know, this, this, this happiness, this pleasure that you're, you're hoping to get is really actually bound up with suffering and, and, and stress because it, it conditions the mind you know, to want more and to strive more and, and to be stressed and, and uh, you can make yourself sick and uncomfortable, um, unwell as a, as, as a result of the clinging. So when, you're, when you practice meditation, when you look at the objects of awareness on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, uh, you're, able, you're able to see that, that you know, everything arises and ceases. Simply that seeing uh, allows you to, you know, it, it changes your whole way of looking at things. You no longer look at things in terms of the universe in terms of us and them and I and me and mine and so on. All of the, so many of the, the points of reference that we, we take in, on, an, on a, an ordinary uh, run-of-the-mill um, frame of reference are, are gone, are lost, are given up by someone who takes up this practice. You really change your whole way of looking at the world. And this is, I think it's important to pick up this word in this verse, vijananti, which is really the same word as vipassana. Uh, vipassana means to see clearly. Vijananti means to know clearly or to understand clearly. But it's really the same word and, and or it's, it has the exact same meaning. 
and it's really the core of Buddhism. And it's so easy when you read this verse to just skip by that and say, oh yeah, yeah, we have to think about death, and death is the most important. No, the most important is the knowing, the understanding. When you see, with death as an example, when you see that everything ceases, when you, when you see, you know, our quarrel, why are we quarreling, we have to die, it helps you see that everything ceases. Uh, when you see on a momentary level, and here I'm clinging to this thing, why would I cling to it when it has to cease? When you're able to see things arising and ceasing, this is what the meaning is, when you're able to understand clearly uh, that there is nothing in the world that, that you can hold on to, that, that lasts more than an instant. Uh, when you're able to see that uh, it's futile to cling and it's useless, it's unbeneficial, and actually it's a source of great stress and, and suffering. Uh, by its very nature, by the stress caused from clinging, from wanting, from craving, and so on, and the 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 uh, the building and building up of more and more craving, um, and suffering when you don't get what you want, and so on. So, this is a, another important verse and another good lesson for us. Uh, this is the Dhamma for today, from the Dhammapada. So, thanks for tuning in. All the best.